Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Brave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. Amen. Well, we're here to celebrate Jesus. Amen. We're going to have to do that, run that one by you again. We're here to celebrate Jesus. Amen. Because it's because of there is no other name under heaven whereby we must be saved. And uh, you know what? We can get our eyes distracted on a lot of different things. But in the end, Jesus is the one who is our life. Am I in the right church? (laughs) Thank you, Lord. There we go. I just want to share just a quick review. We've been talking about praying the Word. It's something that I've been... uh, I've done it for years, but I've made a big focus of it lately. And uh, I've noticed that as I've been praying the Word, it's not just something that affects those that I'm praying for. I've noticed that it is affecting me. And so a lot of times we think about praying for people, and the first thing God does is start changing you. If you're praying about your uh, cantankerous wife, the first, I mean, uh, spouse... (laughs) then the first thing God does is start working on you. But uh, as the Word of God is is, uh, magnified in our lives, then we begin to see the power of God. You know, a lot of times we think of change. Well, God's just changing uh, our immaturity into maturity or a bad into good. You know, God could take good to great. You don't have to be, you don't have to start from, from the zero to go up. God can take you where you're at and elevate you. We also, we already know that he lifts us up. We already know he's the glory and the lifter of our head. We already know that he has raised us up and made us to sit together in heavenly places. And when we pray, we're not praying from earth, we're praying from heaven, we're praying from a place of victory. You know, I was sitting there thinking, I'm just going to get right into it, (laughs) right into the message. So that's what I want to do. But the first week, I... uh, the first message that I prayed on praying the word was when you pray the word, you're praying the will of God. And when you pray the will of God, the Bible says when we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, we know that we have the petition that we desire of him. You know, a lot of times we, uh, and A lot of times we think, well, I'm praying the word, but the word has to have a change in you. You know, if you're full of greed and you're praying the word, the first thing that word has to do is deliver you from greed because everything, uh, well, what I'm going to be talking about today is being praying the word and and getting guidance from the word. 
How many of you need to be guided? How many of you need direction? So we can be filled with greed. We're praying the word. And, but a lot of times if we're getting guidance, it has to go through the filter of what we're filled with. How many of you have ever had a, a filter for your drinking water? You know, every once in a while, you got to change it. I mean, you know, every once in a while, you got to change the oil filter on your car. Why? Because if you don't, it gets, it gets filthy, it gets dirty, and then the oil that you're trying to filter is just going to go through the filter and be, still be dirty oil. And so we've got to have the Word of God. Jesus said, the, Jesus said you are clean through the Word I have spoken unto you. How many of you know that Jesus is still speaking the word, especially if you're reading your word, and especially when you read the word, the Holy Spirit will remind you of the word. Hallelujah. So I'm going to be talking this morning about praying the word of God and getting guidance. Well, I had it labeled here, praying the word for guidance and direction. But you know what? If you're in the Word, if you're praying the Word, you will get guidance and direction. I remember uh, I've got, I had a couple of notes on my phone. I might not even need my phone. But um, there was a couple in a church I was in about 40 years ago. Yeah, it's hard to, hard to imagine I've lived here 40 years. This year is going to be the 40th year anniversary for Giving Light. And we've lived here longer than Giving Light's first service. So it was over 40 years ago, there was a couple in our church, not my church, but it's just in the church I was at. And, uh, oh, they were a sweet couple. I could tell you a lot about them, but they had a little issue. You know, they were in the Word, but they were living together. How about that? So anyway, um, they, uh, they actually came to a Bible study I was doing. And uh, so, you know what? After a while, the Holy Spirit spoke to him. You know, the Holy Spirit has a voice. He's not a force. He's not an influence. The Bible says that when he, Jesus said, when he, the spirit of truth is come unto you, he will guide you into all truth. And they came up to me one day and said, you know, we've been reading our Bible and we think the Lord wants us to get married. And I said, well, I think that's right. Just a thought. I believe the Holy Spirit and the word of God will lead you. I could go back into their past and I could tell you some stories that would probably curl some of the hair on, your head, on the back of your neck. You say, well, how could they do that? You know what? How many of you know a lot of us were screwed up before Jesus came along? You know what? There's a lot of people that are, that are born again and they're still screwed up. They just need to, they just need to, uh, Jesus, again, Jesus said, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth as we bathe ourselves in the word of God. The word of God begins to sanctify us. What's that word sanctify means? It means to set up, to be set apart for a holy use. God just doesn't want to save you just to, just to make your life easy on this earth. How do you know he's kind of failed sometimes? 
if it's just going to make it easy. You know, if it was going to be that easy, I wouldn't have broke my ribs twice. <laughs> and, and among other things. But I want us to go to Proverbs chapter 3. If, uh, oh, another thing I wanted to tell you. The Holy Spirit, I, uh, how many of you remember the storefront on Center Street? Well, there was a, a room, <laughs> not much bigger than, I think the children's church is bigger. But we had about, you know, we had about 70 people, and there was this little cubby hole that, was an op- that I used for an office. And during the wintertime, they didn't want, the landlords didn't like to use a lot of heat. So anyway, I would go in there, I'd sit on a metal chair to study in the winter. It's cold. And I would just keep repeatedly getting colds and, you know, cold after cold. It seemed like I couldn't get over it. And then one day the Lord told me, he said, wear two pair of socks. Sounds real spiritual, doesn't it? (laughs) Wow. I wish Moses would have gotten that revelation. (laughs) But he told me, wear two pair of socks, and that cleared up my colds. Now, maybe it won't work for you. That's what he told me. And if you obey what he says, then you get the benefit of it. So I don't have two pair of socks on now, but I want to share with you. uh, I want to do read from Proverbs chapter three, and I uh, took it down to verse 10, but really I'm only going to be using one, one verse, one or two verses in that. But I, as I read that, I thought, you know, we never talk about this, so I'm just going to read it, and then you can glean, glean from it. If uh, Let him who has an ear to hear, let him hear. Do You know, just because the word is preached doesn't mean that you get it. Is he who has an ear to hear? Are you, are you eager to hear? Do you want to hear what the Spirit of God is saying? He says in Proverbs chapter 3, My son, do not forget my law or word. Do not forget my law. He said, he said But let your heart keep my commandments or my word for length of days and long life and peace will they add to you. How many of you want long life? How many of you want... You know, there's a difference between long, uh, uh, the proverb, uh, not Psalm 91 says, with long life, I will satisfy you. Some people live a long time and they're not satisfied. I'm not saying just satisfied with living a long time, but enjoying the life you have. Do you know what? Sometimes it's just our attitude as to why we don't enjoy what we have right now. Instead of wishing we had what we don't have, why not enjoy and be thankful for the things we do have? Thank you, Lord. Anyway. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Oh, yes, Lord, give me mercy. Give me mercy. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Do you want mercy in your life? You better be given it. If you are full of judgmentalism, you're going to be judged. And you don't have to wait until the judgment day. 
Fortunately, we get, to, we get to experience judgment here so we don't have to experience in the judgment day. Oh, I'm a... Don't shout me down because I'm preaching good. <laughs> Let not mercy and truth forsake you. He says, bind them around your neck. In other words, tie that mercy and truth to you. Don't let it get away. If you will be faithful in giving mercy to people, you won't have to worry about getting mercy back because you reap what you sow. If you give mercy, you're going to receive mercy. Hallelujah. He goes on to say, write them on the tablets of your heart. You know, a lot of times we think just because we go to Word and let, as my mother would say, it goes in one ear and out the other. That's what, can you see what I put up with? <laughs> goes in one ear and out the other. Well, no, we've got to bind it to our heart. In other words, what did the pastor say when he was talking? I'm not, I'm, not condemn, I'm not criticizing you because sometimes I don't even remember what I say. <laughs> but I have it written down so I can go back. But we've got to bind the word to our heart. In other words, we think about it. We meditate on it. We speak it. We've got to speak the word sometimes because you believe you, believe you more than you believe me. You know what, because I used to hear this a lot of times. Well, pastor, I agreed with that sermon. Well, great, because I've been preaching the word. I don't see why. I used to be critiqued after every sermon. Well, so-and-so doesn't preach that way. I said, well, I'm not so-and-so. The older you get, the less you have to worry about that. Thank you, Lord. But are you binding the word to your heart? Yes, one thing. You know, you can have a promise box, but the promise box only does the good scriptures. They're all good. But sometimes the Bible says we need to clean up something. Thank you, Lord. I was, this, this is not intended to go this way. He says, write them on the tablets of your heart. Now listen to this. You'll want to underline this. And so shall you find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Do you want to have favor with God? And do you want to be, do you want God to look at you and esteem you? He says, if you take the word and you bind it to your heart and you meditate on it and you speak it, God will then say, I, I favor that person. I lift that, I, in my eyes, they are esteemed. And not only that, in the sight of God and man. Thank you, Lord. And this is the scripture I want to get to, but there's more after it. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. How many of you know that your heart is divided? When we can get our heart totally in sync with the Lord and we trust the Lord with all of our hearts. Do we trust the Lord with all of our hearts? Yeah. 
And do we not lean unto our own understanding? In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. In other words, I'm going to give you some direction. Some of you need some direction right now. I was in a service one time. I might as well tell you, I was going to tell you it later. But I was in a service one time. And I was praying for direction. And I was in a situation where I, I needed direction. And so we, I don't know if it was a Wednesday night service or a Sunday night service. It was in Kansas City, Missouri, about a mile from Arrowhead Stadium. <laughs> and we had a minister, uh, uh, a music minister, and she was um, ministering in song, and she looked at me and pointed at me and said, you are released from this place. <laughs> and that was a word for me. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here. So anyway, you are released from this place. Well, me being the honorable man that I am, <laughs> I said, I cannot leave here until they get a replacement for me. So I waited. They got a replacement, and the Lord said to me, I might as well get into it now, because I'm talking about the Word bringing guidance to us. I'm studying the word, I'm praying the word, I'm listening to what God is saying. And sometimes listening to what God is saying is not hearing words. Sometimes it is an inner voice. Sometimes it is a, like, a, like some people have said, red light, yellow light, and green light. Have you ever felt a red light? in your spirit, man. You want to go some direction and you just feel a check in your spirit and you know, I can't, I shouldn't go there. Or it might be a yellow light. What's yellow light? Doesn't mean speed up and get through the light. I know that's the what I practice, but it means to be slow down. Proceed with, if you're already in the intersection, just proceed with caution. And sometimes you got the green light. And you know it's just safe to go. But anyway, he says, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Well, what does acknowledge mean? Well, from uh, Merriam-Webster's dictionary, it says to admit to be true as the acknowledgement of there being a God. In other words, I am acknowledging that God is true and what he says is true. And I am putting that before anything else. See, if I trust in the Lord with all my heart, then I don't have a fluctuation in my mind. James said the double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. 
Hallelujah. Sometimes when you are, when you're in a situation or a situation, you need to speak the word of God over that situation. What is God saying about it? It's easy to complain about where you're at. Do you think, do you think Joseph was complaining in jail? Most of us would. Do you think Paul and Silas, after they were beaten and thrown in jail and put in stocks, were complaining? No, the Bible says they were, they were ministering to the Lord. They were, they were worshiping God. And because they were doing that, God heard them. And he began to stamp his feet to the music and it shook. They had the jailhouse rock. It shook, it not only shook the doors open, the shackles fell off. Not only for them, do you know when you get freedom, a lot of times it sets other people free. All the prisoners were, could have ran out there, but, but because the anointing and the power of God was so sweet and so strong, they didn't want to leave it. Because the jailer was going to kill himself. Because if anybody got away, he would have been responsible. Well, let's just go on in verse 7. He says, Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Pretty self-explanatory. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Honor the Lord with your possessions and the first fruit of all your increase. So shall your barns be filled with plenty and your vats overflow with new wine. Now, I'm not going to talk about that, but I didn't want to bypass it. I wanted you to hear it in case you're not going through the Bible with Katie. But in Psalm chapter 119, verse 105, actually, this is the first scripture we had on our stationery, the giving light stationery. It says this, your word is a lamp, no, this isn't it. Your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. How many of you know you need light when you're walking through a dark period? You need light when you're walking through a dark world. You need light when you could stumble. You know, some of us got a Bible in our, you know, I carry a, um, a, a New Testament. Don't have it on me now. A, a pocket New Testament. So the one, sometimes I just like to have it to read. But you know what? You can, carry a, you can carry a big family Bible, but if you never open it and you never read it, it is not going to shed light on your path and give you direction. God, what God has made possible for us to have direction, we've just got to utilize it. How many of you have got devices, maybe even a car? It could even be a smart television. And you know everything about that, and you know how to use it, and you use and utilize everything that is on how many of you know how to use everything on your car? You utilize it. I'm not talking about a 1960s car. 
Some of you might be driving along and you can't figure out why the wheel keeps trying to pull you back. That's because you have, that's because you have driver assist. You're swerving too much. And when you pass over the line, the, the car's trying to get you back. Well, I didn't know that. I thought there's something wrong with my car. That's the problem. We don't know what we have. We don't utilize what we have. I don't turn that off. I turn off the beeper thing. <laughs> the beeper thing is when you go and it beep, 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 beep. Well, they said you're swerving. I said, there's nobody around. <laughs> Hallelujah. She always does that to me. Do I ever do that to her? Anyway, the word removes the darkness. God is light in him. There is no darkness at all. Here's the, here's the scripture that was on our um, stationery at one time. Psalm 119, verse 130, he says, The entrance of your word gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. It doesn't matter how smart you are or how foolish you are. The Word of God will give you understanding. I hate to admit this. I've said it a number of times, though. You know, they were graduating. The high school that I graduated from, I, I could read, but it wasn't very good. It wasn't until I dedicated my life to the Lord and the, and the Holy Spirit taught me how to read the King James Bible. How about them apples? If the Holy Ghost can teach you how to read the King James Bible, he can teach you about anything. The entrance of his word gives light. That's how we got the name of our church, too. Giving light. Christian fellowship. Because we're gonna, we have decided to give you the word from the very beginning. So, let's just go on. Uh, let's go to Hebrews chapter 4. This is actually where... I want to share with you how, how the Holy Spirit, using the Word of God, got me here. I, was, uh, I had been to, uh, I'd been to Rama Bible Training Center in Tulsa, Oklahoma. As a matter of fact, when I, I was getting ready to graduate from there, and uh, we were invited over to a couple's house, and they were going to go to Texas to start a church, and they wanted to know if we wanted to go and help them start this church. I have to admit, it was kind of tempting. Do you think it'd be good to live in Texas now? Yippee-yi-yo-kaye. Anyway. But, um, and then I had an invitation to go to Kansas City at a church, and I was kind of wanting to go to Texas, you know, kind of wanting to go. And so anyway, I was, uh, well, actually, one time I was driving down the road, and I was passing this church that was next to Arrowhead Stadium, and the Lord, don't look, don't look down at me, I'm not picking on you. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. I know. That's why we're, anyway, don't get me off. So anyway, I was driving down the road, no attention. I looked over this church that's next to Arrowhead Stadium, and the Lord said, you're going to be the next pastor of that church. And I'm thinking, this is a 500-member church. Back then, that was a big church. And I'm just a Bible school graduate. <laughs> you know, I hate to admit it, but sometimes I think, yeah, Lord. Have you ever said, yeah, Lord, yeah, right? Have you ever rolled your eyes? I remember rolling my eyes while getting a word t given to me. <laughs> and the guy saw me. I didn't really care. It was her brother. But uh, he said, uh, I see you on television. And I just, you know, rolled, rolled my eyes. And you know what? I've been on television. <laughs> anyway, I'm just sharing with you, me, so that you can say, well, if, he can, if God can do that for him, he can do that for me. So anyway, I was, you know, I said, yeah, right. And then I was uh, back in Tulsa. I was still going to Bible school. And uh, this particular morning, I was in the shower and I was, you know, singing and worshiping the Lord. And I said, Lord, where do you want me to go? And he says, go back to your hometown. And how many of you try to argue with God using the word? I said, Lord, don't you know that Jesus said that a prophet is not without honor except in his own hometown? Because <laughs> I wanted to go to Texas. And he said, yeah, but didn't you notice that Jesus went back to his hometown? You know, they tried to kill Jesus in his hometown. Thank you, Lord. So anyway, we're in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. How did I know? Well, I heard a sermon just before I got out of Bible school, and it was, which I don't have time to give you the details, but he used this particular scripture in Hebrews 4, 12. He says, for the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Now, we know that there is the Logos and there is the Rhema. There is Jesus is the Word of God that became flesh. But there's also the Word of God, the Bible, that has power. Do you know the Word of God has power? There, there is power in the name of Jesus. Now, whether you use it or not, that's another story. There's power in the Word of God, whether you use it or not, you know what I mean by using it? I don't mean like, well, I'm just going to decide. No, we fill ourselves with the word and allow God to and allow God to have his word change us and move us. I wanted to know where to go. So he says, the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever been in an argument with yourself? Have you ever been, have you ever had two opinions in you at one time? Yes, I should do this. No, I don't. Yes, no. Yes, 
No, well, the Bible says that you're a double-minded man. You're like on the wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. You've got two minds, but the Bible says when you, uh, the word of God will divide asunder the soul and spirit and the joints and the marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. The message was, if you want to know the will of God, double up on the divider. And not just the, not just the scriptures you want to use. How many of you have favorite scriptures? How many of you got scriptures in your Bible you have underlined? You know, the whole Bible should be underlined. <laughs> there's, some, there's some scriptures in there that you might not particularly like, but they are good. So we have a soul that connects with the outer world. We have a spirit that connects with God. The word will separate the confusion and help us to hear and be directed by the spirit of God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I'm looking because I've already done some of these testimonies. I have that I've already. <laughs> this is where I was supposed to tell you. But let's go to Romans chapter 8. Pretend you have a Bible or make, make page sounds. <laughs> Romans chapter 8, verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit helps our weakness. I used to not like that because, you know, through Christ I can do all things. I don't have no weakness. Well, you know, it doesn't take long to figure out you do have weaknesses. What is the weakness here? For we know not what to pray for as we ought. Don't know how to pray what we ought. Oh, I forgot to tell you how I got out here. I was still in Kansas City. I was at that church. I got the prophetic word. You are, you are released from this place. I was driving down the road. Remember, I have a wife and two kids. I have a family. Those kids are babies. Babies. And the Lord, and I was driving down I-70. I passed Nolan Road. I was heading west. And I looked up, and there's storage units. And the Lord said, put your stuff in storage and head to the northeast. This is the northeast. <laughs> I thought it was Maine or New Hampshire. That's what I thought, you know. But anyway, I said, Lord, <laughs> you know, after God tells you something, you know you have to pray. <laughs> Lord, you're going to have to tell my wife. You want to tell your wife, we got to throw, put everything in storage, throw what we can in a car and head to the Northeast with these babies. And you know what? God is so good. I say, God, you're going to have to speak to her. And I don't know who brought it up. I think right now, I think it was me. I said, you know, I had a strange thought. Strange thought. I said, I was driving down the road and I looked up and I saw these uh, storage units and I said, I believe the Lord said, put your stuff in storage and head to the Northeast. And Melody said, that's the exact same thing God spoke to me. 
how about some confirmation? It still wasn't easy. It was hard. But we had the confirmation. Sometimes you get words from the Lord because He knows it's going to be hard, but you've got this word. It could be the prophetic word. It could be the word of God that God has given you from the Bible, but you can hold on during the storm because you've got a word from God. And, and when you've got that word, you've got that light. He said, it feels like I'm in a tunnel, but do you see the light at the end of the tunnel? Thank you, Lord. So, oh yeah, I got to tell you this one. We were living in Millersburg. We were living in a 14 by 70 mobile home. And uh, I had prayed. I couldn't find a job. And I said, Lord, you know, the Bible says if you don't work, you don't eat. And as you know, I like to eat. And so he said, make prayer your job. So I would get up early in the morning and I would pray for eight hours, but I would take, you know, breaks like you do on your job. And I'd take a lunch break. And then Melody and I, after we put the kids to bed at night, we would pray and then I would go to bed and then she would uh, pray on later. And so anyway, this one particular night, I just felt a heaviness on my chest. Just a heaviness. And, uh, and I said something to Melody. She put her hand on my chest and the same thing. So anyway, when you get something like that, you pray until it lifts. So we prayed until it lifted. And two weeks later, I get a call from one of my siblings and said, you know that mom almost died? About two weeks ago, she had to be rushed to the hospital. She had pneumonia. You know what pneumonia is? That's when your lungs are filling up with water, with fluid. What was I feeling? And that was the same time that we, the exact same time that we had this burden that came on us. Well, instead of shruffing it off, we just prayed until it lifted, and then, well, she lived at least another 20 years. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. You know, I wasn't trying to seek guidance there. The Bible says we know not what to pray for as we ought. You know that you've got family members that need your prayers. And you don't know what's going on in their lives. You could have friends that needs your prayer. You don't know what's going on in their lives. You have people you don't even know that God will have you pray for. I could give you story after story, but my time is limited. I'm running out. But the Holy Spirit will help you when you fill yourself with the Word. He will help your infirmities when you know not what to pray for as you ought. But the Spirit Himself will make intercession for you with groanings which cannot be uttered. And really, I was going to read more scriptures than that, but we'll just, uh, we'll just go to uh, Matthew chapter 4. Thank you, Lord. Well, you not only 
I'm sure you already realize this, but you're not only led by the word of the Lord, you live by the word of the Lord. I'm not looking around. I'm going to say it this way. How many of you like to eat? All right, I did it. So we all like to eat. I decided, well, I'm going to, nah, never mind. So we all like to eat, but you know what? Jesus said, Jesus said this, well, let me read it. Matthew chapter 4, verse 1, Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. How many of you want to be led by the Spirit? <laughs> led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Well, Pastor, I'm just in this wilderness experience. Well, that might be the place you're supposed to be. Yeah, you're not there to, you're not there to get beat up. You're there to get the victory. Led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights afterwards, he was hungry. <laughs> he had to be God. 40 days and 40 nights, and he became hungry. Now, when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. You know, he could have did it. You could have done it. He could have turned those stones into bread. He was hungry. He was legitimately hungry. And sometimes the enemy will try to push you to do something that is legitimate, but it is not God. What did Jesus say? He, said, he answered and said, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone. Do you know what? Your life depends on the word of God. You are spirit. You, you are a spirit. You have a soul. You live in a body. How many of you know your body can do without the word of God? There's, pe there's people that never crack a Bible, never go to church, never hear the word of God. They're living. Some of them living long lives. But they're not, they're not living... What about their soul? Their soul don't even want to hear the Word of God. I think it was Dwight Moody. He had, a, he had somebody he was witnessing to for years, and every time he did, he spoke the Word of God. And the guy would get frustrated, and he says, you know I don't believe the Bible. Why do you keep speaking the Word? He said, because the Bible is just like a tiger, and I just let it out. Sometimes you're trying to twist somebody's arm. Sometimes you're trying to help somebody along. Sometimes you're trying to be the Holy Spirit in somebody's life. Now, we don't know what we're talking about there. I'm, just, I'm talking about those that are going to watch on the, on the camera. We try to be the Holy Spirit in their lives. Don't you know that the Bible says this? Don't you know you shouldn't live like that? Don't you know? They probably do. 
probably do. But just like that young couple, when they started reading the Bible, the Holy Spirit started talking to them and they realized what they needed to do. They realized what they needed to do. You know that every, with every temptation, Jesus quoted a scripture. How many of you just say, get out of here, you dirty devil? Just give him the word. The Bible is the word of God. The Bible is the sword of the spirit. You don't need to be insulting the devil. Let the word of God do the work for you. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. One of the, there was a saying, I, I went to a church in uh, Tulsa's Faith Christian Fellowship, and they, I remember hearing this there, they said, feed your faith and starve your doubt. How do I feed my faith? Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. What is doubt? What is doubt? Doubt is when I'm fluctuating back and forth. I'm fluctuating. Yes, I want to do the will of God. No, I don't want to do the will of God. And lastly, Jesus can cover every area of your life, no matter how big or small it is. You don't have any problems that are too big for Jesus. You don't have any issues or problems that are too small for Jesus. Jesus is your redeemer in the big and the small. Jesus is your, re Jesus is your life. I came that you might have life and life more abundantly. Now I can shut him out. How many of you know we can shut him out? What do you say? Trust in, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not into your own understanding. When I lean to my own understanding, I am thinking I've got a better idea than Jesus. But the, the longer it goes, the more I decide I don't. I want to pray for you right now. Thank you, Father. I'd call Melody up, but she already prayed for you, so... Uh, this man is going to Peru. He's going, uh, is it with the Bible school you're going? Yeah. All right, he's in Bible school. He's going to Peru uh, on a missions trip. And um, I don't have time. If they want to hear, they can ask you. Well, Father, in the name of Jesus, we just lift up Reuben before you. We thank you, Lord, for the word of God that he is receiving. Mm -hmm. We thank you, Lord God, that the word is active and alive, sharper than to any two-edged sword. We thank you for the opportunity for him not to only minister the word through verbal expression, but Father God, through acts of kindness, through acts of, of charity. Lord, we thank you, Father God, that Lord, even as he goes down the Amazon River, Lord God, and he's going to those indigenous people. Father God, we thank you, Lord God, that you anoint him, that you anoint that team to be able to speak a word in due season. Lord God, that the people will be, will be able to understand. Lord God, that Jesus will be magnified and lifted up and glorified. 
And Father God, that the kingdom of God will be established. And Lord God, that the enemy will not be able to, uh, will not be able to uh, shut it down. The enemy will not be able to uh, hinder it or in any way, shape, or form. We just pray, Lord God, that you open doors and give your angels charge over them, Lord God, as they go. And Father God, we pray for traveling mercies to while they're there and coming back. And Lord God, may the glory of God and the anointing of God, Lord, be upon them, upon that whole team. We bless them, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'm going to ask for the, for the prayer team, if you're here today. Thank you, Lord. By the way, um, no, I bet. Okay. I heard God wants to heal shoulders. It was plural, not just one shoulder. Uh, let me just say this. If you, have a, if you have an area where you need to make a decision... Just come up and, and just get them, uh, get these to have a prayer of agreement with you that God's going to open, open, uh, turn on the light so that you will be able to see the path that you are to take. Let's stand. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord God that he is still seeking, he's still saving that which is lost. I pray for every person within the sound of my voice. I pray, Father God, that the Holy Spirit would touch and draw. No one can come unto Jesus unless the Father draws. So I'm asking you, Lord, to draw men and women, boys and girls, Father God, to the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Father, for those, of all, for those that have already made that decision, I pray for strength to walk the journey, Lord God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.